Yo, 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 what's going on? What in the word podcast coming to you once again. It's me as usual, Sean Weekly, and my brother. Tell him your name, bro. Jay Baker. Yeah, this is the What in the Word podcast. Listen, we jumped on to do emergency podcast because we feel like people need to know. And so, yes. Jay, what we doing today, man? Let's let, let, let's tell them what's going on, man. Um, I think it's important that, you know, we we kind of take the time to speak to what's going on with Jonathan Isaac. I mean, it's people are attacking him. People have stuff to say. People are saying that it doesn't make any sense what he's doing, what he did. Uh, but I, I see something different going on. I see something way different, bro. The fact that this is a Christian man who is standing for his convictions in the midst of cancel culture. And now all these people on the internet are attacking him. Uh, one dude on Yahoo Sports said Isaac's protest could have been applauded if his exclamation what is his, if his explanation wasn't nonsense. And we know that he stood for the gospel. He stood for his conviction and what he said about Jesus. And so people are just coming at him. And then his next game that he played, Jay, the man tore his ACL. And now I see all over social media them saying that he wouldn't kneel. No, he wouldn't take a knee. So God took his knee. Come on, bro. <laughs> and so yet this man would not take a knee. So people are saying God took his knee, that it was nonsense. I'm seeing Christians saying that Jesus would have knelt. I don't know how you know what Jesus <laughs> would have done, but hey, you're saying Jesus would have knelt. And so Jay hit me up. I was like, bro, I'm all with it. I'm all for it. We got to talk about this. We got to yes, talk sir. about this. I mean, I think when we, when we look at this, um, if you pay attention, because there's there's one thing that we cannot uh, overlook, right? We we cannot overlook this one key fact, and this is what the fact is: many of those same people that are angry with him right now, hmm. right? They're angry because he's doing whatever it is they don't like. Are some of the same people that were afraid to kneel? Uh, not only Neil, but even to speak out a year ago. Mm. Um, they thought what uh, Kaepernick was doing was foolishness before. Now everybody's jumping on that bandwagon. Now, if you don't uh, kneel, if you don't wear the T-shirt, now something is wrong with you. But these are some of the same people that was like, man, this guy's tripping before. Yeah. yeah. We can't overlook that, 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 that fact. We can't overlook that fact. We can't overlook that it is a now another political season as well. And we know we lose our minds around political <laughs> seasons. Um, and Jay, here's one thing that I'm seeing, bro. When we talk about the mentality of the crowd, how people are uh, shifting the way that they believe. Uh, what's challenging for me is like you saying, I saw it coming. But even now, people are starting to try and see what people's intent are based upon these small actions that don't really make a difference. And so, for instance, I'm watching even 
prominent sports shows. I won't even name none of these people, and I don't really watch them uh, anymore anyway because ain't no real sports going on. Half the NBA's back. But these people are saying things like, I'm watching to see who is standing, and I won't come at them, but I look at them kind of sideways. Like they're trying to measure somebody's motivation based upon if they stand or if they kneel, if they if they wear a T-shirt, if they wear their own name on their back or put one of the BLM uh, kind of slogans on the back. And that's just disconcerting to me because people are now trying to bully. It's not enough that I don't agree with you or I don't see it that the way that you see it. Now you're trying to bully me into doing mm -hmm. things. And I feel like what you just said, a lot of people are being bullied into their position. Yes, sir. Um, when, when you look at the whole concept and the idea of the herd mentality, um, you can see it all over our uh, our media, whether it's social media and yeah. even just on uh, sports, anything that has to do with this topic right now. You see many people um, uh, going about this herd mentality. I, I, I read an article recently that was. Uh, really important by uh, Rob Henson. Uh, he's a PhD student at um, at Cambridge. Uh, but one of the things he talks about is that uh, I think it's pronounced a, a, a heuristic. Basically, it's it's the it's what he calls the principle of social proof. Mm. So uh, when it, when it comes to heuristics. This is what he talks about. He said a heuristic is a mental shortcut that allows individuals to make a decision, pass judgment or solve a problem quickly uh, and with minimal mental effort. And so wow. it, instead of right sitting and taking the time to think through some things, yeah. uh, we try to find the fastest way possible of reaching a conclusion even if it means that I just have to jump on with everybody else is talking about. And that's very evident right now. We we've talked about this before. A lot of people don't want to think for themselves today. Mm. It's all about what everybody else is doing. And when you stated that it's, it's a bully mentality where people are trying to bully other people into doing what they want. Uh, it's sad that we live in a place like this. Um, I go back to Kaepernick, right? People were trying to bully him, right? They took his job. They wouldn't give him a job. All of these different things. They tried to bully him into not kneeling. And now that everybody has changed their perspective, now you're trying to bully people into kneeling. Yeah. Um, and it's sad because um, I remember when you first sent me the article on him and his statement, why he did it. I, 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 the first thing that came to my mind was, man, I appreciate his courage to stand for what he believe in. And that's and that just even if I don't agree with what a person says or if I do agree with it, either way, I like the courage uh, to take a stand. Even with Kaepernick, he he lost his job. He, that's his income. And he was willing to do it based off of what he believed. And now when another person saying, OK, yeah. I believe black lives matter, but I don't think that I have to kneel and wear a t-shirt that says black lives matter to make it seem like I really do. And I think when you talked about Charles Barkley, right, Charles Barkley said, even I, everybody that don't kneel is not a bad person. And that's the truth. Just because you don't kneel does not mean 
that you uh, that you a bad person and that you don't believe that black lives matter. Uh, just like if you don't black out your screen on social media, if you don't put up the hashtag black lives matter, if you're not just jumping on the bandwagon, like a lot of people do just to be a part of something, yeah. it does not make you a bad person. Sometimes people are sitting back thinking, if you listen to his statement in his interview, he actually took the time to think through why he says he, he didn't do it. Yeah. It, it's, you know, except for Yahoo sports said that it was nonsense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the beautiful thing though, bro. Um, we understand that if we stand for the gospel, it's going to seem like nonsense to the world. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. going to seem like nonsense to the world. So much so, man, that the next thing that came across my screen about this man was people talking about God took his knee because he wouldn't stand. And I'm seeing more and more of this. And this is one of the challenges, because when I when I speak to non-believers versus believers in the current context, I don't always say the same things because I know that People are coming at it from a different perspective and I want to keep dialogue going. And so I might speak to a non-believer in a different way that I speak to a believer. But here's the thing. Now I feel like there are people within the kingdom of God, people who are believers who are also bullying people into uh, and beating people into submission with some of the rhetoric that's going on, whether it's wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, whether the pandemic is real or the pandemic isn't real. Whether it's yeah. Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Don't Really Matter, uh, uh, not Black Lives Don't Matter, but people say whether Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, what would you say? What would your stance be? And what I see is people begin to project their ideologies onto other people. And here's a scary part about the herd mentality. When you ask someone to present their ideology to you based upon how they're making those decisions, a lot of times people can't articulate it, so they get angry. Then they say, well, I'm just going to block you. Well, we can't, we just going to. And so now we're angry. And so my whole thing is if you want to have a dialogue with me or anybody else about anything that's going on and what the scripture actually says, let's not push away from the table when someone yeah. disagrees with me. I love this. This is Proverbs 18, seven, bro. I love this. It says the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross examination begins. Listen, <laughs> yes, sir. Don't just say what you're going to say and drop the mic and try to run away. Let yeah. me now press on your belief a little bit, because this is people always talk about iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron. This is what causes your iron to be sharpened. If you let me press on your thoughts a little bit and let yes, those sir. thoughts become your own and not just because you read a meme, you listen to an article, you heard an interview. Because through her mentality, what I'm also seeing is a lot of people are saying the same exact words. I'm saying, I know where you got that from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know where you got that from. Yeah. And so, man, you, you brought up Proverbs, man. A lot of people, I, I think that's what's missing with a lot of believers. Let me just say that first before I even go to anything <laughs> else. I think people don't understand the wisdom that's there. You mm. know what I mean? Um, if we take the time to really sit in there it's you can't read Proverbs and not examine your own heart. If you are able to do that, then you are really having a heart issue. And really what's dominating your heart at that moment is pride. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's sad that you have believers and, and you showed a lot of wisdom in what you said when you, you talked about 
how you speak to a believer one way and you speak to somebody else that's whether they're secular, uh, whether they're atheist or whatever they is, whatever their worldview or whatever it is. We have to speak to people differently. Uh, And a lot of times, man, it's I think right now it's very important to address believers that are acting out of out of character Um, because. A lot of believers are being led away with this herd mentality. They're being led away by yeah. some people that whether they're charismatic or um, they they're talented, whether they're musicians, um, uh, whether they're good speakers or whether they have large ministries or whatever it is. They look to people for certain things, even though they're not looking at the person as a, somebody that's Christ like and they're just jumping on board with whatever they're saying and not even really thinking about the consequences of believing such a thing. Hey. Um, and you know, it's, it's dangerous when you do that. Hey, Hey, we finna jump in this book, man. This, uh, beliefs <laughs> have consequences. Oh no. Ideas have ideas. consequences. Hey, yes, sir. uh, it, cause it's clear. Like people don't really grasp this the way that I wish people would grasp this. God cares about the way you think. Yeah. God cares about the way you think. Well, I thought it. I didn't say nothing. Nope. God cares about your thought life because what you think and the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. Right. And so yeah. as we think, as we allow these thoughts to just play around in our soul, uh, they form our opinions. They, 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 they create strongholds like we talked about on Sunday. And so here's where I'm at too, Jay. I can't understand. You just talked about people in the, within the ministry. I can't understand why Christians are allowing ball players and uh, celebrities and movie stars to be their theologians. Yeah. We're quoting these people who have not a biblical worldview And we're trying to reconcile it to what we're doing because I won't throw no names out there. But this famous uh, uh, actor or actress made millions of dollars. And I look up to them because they can act. or I look up to them because they can slam a basketball. I look up to them because they can run a touchdown. And so now I'm looking at them like they have the keys to life because they have the life maybe that I aspire towards. I don't know. But we don't look towards the scripture to inform our worldview. We're looking to the world to inform our worldview. And here's a challenge of groupthink. Uh, I have a book over here. I can't see that far right now, but it's called The Wisdom of the Crowd. Mm-hmm. The Wisdom of the Crowd. And the idea in The Wisdom of the Crowd is that they this guy came up with this, with, with this, with this hypothesis because they were at a fair. And at the fair, there was an ox and people came up to guess the weight. And based upon the wisdom of the crowd or the group, when he got the medium or the mean of all their guesses, they were within one pound. And so his idea is now the crowd can come up with good ideas. And and that works in certain contexts. But when we're talking about the king of king and the Lord of lords, when we're talking about the person with all truth, the wisdom of the crowd does not work. Right. The wisdom of the crowd told uh, Pilate to crucify Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like this man walked into the city and talk about the shifting that you talked about. This man walked into the city and they were Hosanna in him. Yeah. By the time the crowd got a hold to him, they yes. will crucify him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm glad we know the story. But I'm glad it worked out. 
but we got to be careful with my mentality. Yeah. And I, I think about this. I sit back and think about this. If I was there, <laughs> would I have been one of the ones going crucial? Like just a few weeks ago, he was the Messiah. Yeah. Now, because of all the stuff that's going on, I'm getting crunk and I'm, yeah, yeah. And then that faithful day, when yes, the sky, when the sky went black, <laughs> oh Lord, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, and guess what? People, when they look at that story, they have to understand that he was willing to suffer in that way for our sakes. And we're allowing other people that is clearly not living a biblical lifestyle. Mm, right. Mm, this mm. this guy took a stand and said, I stand for the gospel because I don't believe that racism is the only thing that ails our society. And they said that that's nonsense. It's interesting. Right. You look at First uh, Corinthians chapter 10 and it talks about that. I mean, mm. not chapter 10, chapter two. Two, yeah. Right, right. When it's talking about how these things are foolishness uh, to those that are perishing. And it's interesting, as I just kept reading that over and over recently, I thought more and more of how there are so many people that are walking around and they kind of pick up, let me pick up a sticky note real quick. And that's that's their Christianity. Mm. It's It's like a badge. Uh, when I need something from God, I put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I walk around on social media and I pretend. Yeah, yeah. All right. I got my badge on. I'm, you know, I'm a Christian now. Right. You know, mm. I'm a Christian. Got it right when here. It, when it comes to certain situations, uh, hard times and stuff. I, I don't know. You want me to stand for this in the midst with everybody else is saying something different. And that's why I was I was encouraged by him. That yeah. young man at the age in his early 20s, I think he's 22. Yeah. 22 years old in the NBA, uh, knowing he's going to get a lot of pushback from it. Yeah. Decided to say, you know what? I thought about this for a while, but Jesus Christ and, and the gospel about him is the answer. While everybody else is out here talking about, we need reform on this. We need to do this. We need to do this. A bunch of stuff that, That'll work temporarily and research shows that a lot of this stuff only works temporarily, mm -hmm. but true transformation in people's lives is going to take the gospel. It's not going to take because you did a reform. There's, I'm not saying that reform is wrong if you want to correct some things in the community or in society as a whole, but we're talking about something that's able to transform the inner man that it shows up on the outside. Uh, I think about the scripture where uh, Jesus is telling them that all they do is clean the outside, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 and that's how it is for a lot of people. When I look at social media, that's what I see. I see a lot of people, they clean their out, outside and they look good on the outside. They got everybody thinking they're spiritual. Yeah. And guess what? It's obvious with the way they live their lives, the stuff that they say, the way that they conduct themselves, and their character does not show the fruit that the Bible say that we ought to be displaying yeah. if we're following him. Hey. Hey, you just kicked the hornet's nest, my friend. You just, I love his, I love his tweet right after um, he blew his knee out. He said, uh, it yeah. is well, 2 Kings 4. <laughs> Thank you for all of your prayers and concerns. I'm encouraged. 
Remember, yeah. our God is not just a God of the hills, but a God of the valleys. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. My <laughs> comeback will be greater than my setback. I still stand in Jesus' name. This man said, even though I'm hobbling, yes, I still stand. Like, <laughs> I see all the venom that's coming against me. You guys talking about God done took out my knee and, and God, he's like, listen, I don't regret any decision that I made. Yeah. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Man, even if this dude does not become a Hall of Fame basketball player or anything like that, he is being tried and tested uh, in the crucible of public opinion. And see, in the yes. West, public opinion is our, is our thing. And so mm -hmm. here's the thing, man. When it comes to standing, Jay, this is the thing. When it comes to standing for truth, we stand to lose one or two things. Either way, we lose, right? So if we stand for truth, we might lose our influence. We might lose our friends. We might lose our reputation. We might lose all these various things that come with being liked in life. Yeah. If I refuse to stand, I lose my integrity. <laughs> I lose my, I lose my, you know, I lose a part of who I am. I lose yeah. myself along the way if I refuse to stand. And so we have to do one or the other. And mm -hmm. so what, we have to make the decision what's more important. My character, yeah. and I always say it, this Chuck's one doll right here, my character <laughs> or my comfort? My yes, character, because it's comfortable to be in the crowd. It's comfortable mm -hmm. to not, you know, just sit, sit back and just, okay, I really yeah. don't believe that. Okay. But here's the thing. You can't passively, you can't passively consume content either. You can't passively, because what happens is the enemy begins to get these seeds that are sown towards us and begins to, oh yeah, that, that, that could be right. And so we need to learn how to captivate our thoughts. Like I said before, God yeah. cares about the way we think. We need to take these thoughts captive and bring them under subjection unto Christ. And here's the thing right now, man. I don't think that a lot of Christians are acting at a Christ-like character right now because we're at each other's throat and we're trying to gauge somebody else's motivation based upon what we see. And even the scripture tells us we should, we can judge actions, but never try and judge a man's motivation. You never know what that man yes. is going on yes. in that man's heart. Paul even said, Paul said, I don't even judge myself. <laughs> yeah. And so God knows our heart. And we sitting here tearing down God's servant yes. in public who's Ooh. taking a stand. We don't know what God told that man to do, right? We don't know if God... Now, I, now, now we can discern, because uh, I know some people are going to jump in the comments. Well, what about if they saying Satan is, is Jesus' cousin? Now, <laughs> if it's opposing the truth of God, I'm not talking yeah. about that. I, I'm talking about nuanced stuff, about ways yeah. that people go about ministry and the way that people go about proclaiming the gospel. We can't judge God's servant no, on that. We can't no. judge God's servant on that unless they're doing something that goes totally contradictory to the gospel. Yes, sir. But man, that hurt my heart, man, when I heard Christians, man, talking about this dude just ignorant. He don't know no better and da da da. I'm like, come on, bro. He's probably doing more <laughs> so what a lot of other people should be doing. And I can tell you another thing he's probably doing. He's probably spending more time in this than many of these other people that are his critics right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me read this quote that's um, it's attributed a lot of times to George Orwell in in his book 1984. But it was, when really, I was, doing, I was really me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it, 
it really uh it came from somewhere else somewhere else but a lot of people try to give it to george orwell but when you do the research it doesn't but it says in a time of universal deceit telling Hmm. the truth is a revolutionary act uh i mean just just think about that for a minute telling the truth is a revolutionary act um this whole idea of everything being popular and man, it's popular that it must be good, right? Mm. It's everybody, if everybody's doing it or everybody's saying it, it, it can't be all of that bad. I mean, and like you, you constantly talk about how God cares about our mind, but I don't think people are really paying attention to your words, but they're also not paying attention to scripture because if you, if people were really paying attention to scripture, that wouldn't be something that you really need to repeat as much as you've repeated it recently, because it's the truth. God Mm -hmm. cares about our mind. Uh, many people, a lot of critics, uh, whether they're atheists or, or whatever, they believe that. And of course, not all atheists, but some people out here really believe that when it comes to Christianity, it's a blind faith thing and that Mm. you really don't ever have to use your mind or any of these things. That's total nonsense. You can't get that from reading the Bible. Even if, even if you just read in the Bible, just to find ways to, to criticize believers, you can't get that by uh, looking in this and saying that, that people actually took the time to think through some things. Um, and changing our thinking is just is it's just so important. And when I look at him, man, um, I just thinking about that tweet you just talked about uh, just a minute ago after he hurt himself, man. Just think about the average person would have folded after that. The average person would have said, "Man, I didn't I didn't kneel," and maybe maybe these people are right. But when you've been standing on the truth of God and you've decided to yield your life to him, you know, God is not going to punish you for standing up for the gospel. That don't even it's it's, it's so it, it makes absolutely no sense how believers can actually make that statement. Why would God punish one of his own children for standing up for the gospel? Yeah, it's the gospel message. He he put the gospel at the forefront. And as Dr. Napier always says, that we got to put Christ back at the center of things, right? Yeah. At the center of our hearts. Yeah. And if if we're not willing to do that, if if what's going on over here and what's going on over there is more important, then we need to examine our own hearts right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think a lot of people is taking this off time that we have in quarantine to actually really examine ourselves. Man, you said Two and a half mouthfuls, brother. <laughs> Two and a half mouthfuls. Man, I love what you were saying about uh, just not critically thinking about things. Like sitting down and actually, and the way that we actually have to combat kind of the herd mentality is look at God's moves when he did it outside of the fringes god often moves in the fringes like like god didn't just he could have just came down and just everybody follow me and like yeah but we know there's always going to be a remnant he took israel out they were a remnant right Mm -hmm. of the world the world to come and so man you almost have to kind of check yourself 
and be a critical thinker when you see everybody doing something. Like for me, d d this is what got me, Jay. Okay, I'm just gonna put my cards on the table. I told you I might get canceled after this episode, but I, I just gotta <laughs> speak. I just gotta speak my mind. And yeah. this is the way that I arrive at this. When I see people from four years ago do a total 180 because pressure's being put on them. Mm -hmm. It is not authentic. Like a lot of the stuff that's happening is not authentic. Yeah. People are being bullied into doing things because they're scared of being canceled. They're scared of losing their platforms. They're scared of yes. all this thing. And we see celebrities being the most afraid of these things. Right. And so my thing, and I was talking to somebody else about this earlier, you can't legislate someone's heart. And if we actually look at the numbers and I, oh, I'm going to get canceled, Jay. I'm going to get canceled, Jay. <laughs> if we actually look at the numbers, yeah. things are much better than they were four years ago. They are much better in terms of whatever thing that you're talking about. If you're talking yeah. about police shootings, if you're talking yeah. about inequality in the workforce, if you're talking about, you know, they're much better than they were four, even four years ago. They're on an upward slope. I challenge anybody to look at the data. Look at the data. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't. And see, when I say that, people, they cut me off. They didn't hear the rest. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean <laughs> that we don't need to keep moving in the right direction. Yes. But now what we're doing, listen, everybody listen to me. Listen to Sean for one minute. What we're doing is we're trying to burn down what's getting better to go in a different direction. And if we look at history, if we look at other nations that have gone wow. in the direction that a lot of people are proposing, like, I'm, not, I'm just saying, like vilifying the police, it don't end well. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that one life is better than the other. Y'all know my stance. If you listen to me any amount of time, you know my stance. I think the perfect theological stance is all lives matter. I know some people use that as a weapon. I know some people use black lives matters as a weapon. And this is another thing. I'm just going to get on my, I'm going to get on my soapbox real quick. Yeah. Uh, the rest of us not intelligent enough to say, you know what? If this is going to be divisive in the kingdom, can we come up with another term? Can we not? Can we not boil down all the issues in our world to a three three word hashtag and we're going to fight over it? Blue lives matter. All lives matter. Black lives matter. Can we come together and just say, hey, I don't know what you're saying when you when you say that. I'm not going to try to judge your heart. I understand that you feeling hurt right now. What can I do to bring less suffering to your life? Right. And we don't do that across. And ooh, I'm going to get canceled, Jay. We don't do that across Twitter. We do that in our circles of influence. Yeah. You don't deal with any other relationship ever created that way. You don't date your wife that way. Hey, baby, we finna go on a date tonight. You you all on Twitter talking about what you gonna do on your date tonight with your wife. And she gotta get on Twitter to find out what you mean. Dry snitching. And I, no, I mean, you go to that person. Yeah. And when we start talking about reconciliation, it is a person-to-person -person level. We talked about this in the first episode or the half episode. Yeah. You can't reconcile. You... There is no representative for if me and Jay fall out, do, do, do we not need to do reconciliation because we're the same race? Uh, does the person who is race A and a person who's race B, and you know that I don't believe in racial constructs anyway, it's not a biblical thing, but person in race A and person in race B, this person in race B need to apologize to the person in race A because somebody else who looked like the person in race B, when you really drill down, he was really race C. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, it's nonsensical. It's not biblical. And so that's my biggest hang up on all of this. Let's just say we can't solve the world's problem with hashtags. We need to roll up our sleeves. We need to first identify what's actually happening. We need to pray about what's actually happening. And if we feel led to move in that direction and bring change in that direction, we need to put our minds together and start moving in that direction. And here's the other part. Just because you're yeah. part of this group doesn't mean that somebody in a part of this group can't speak into uh, your uh, maybe the way that you go about it uh, because they might have vested interests as well. And that's the only way we're going to get past it. If we stop looking at each other at, at the extremities and start looking at each other's heart, start looking beyond race and say, how can we fix these things? Because tear down statues ain't going to fix nothing because riding in the street ain't going to fix nothing. Yeah, you're going to bully people into making few changes, giving you a few dollars, but their heart wasn't in it. Like Jay just said, temporarily, it'll make things look different. Then wait, hey, when the election's over, we're going right back to the way that we were. Yeah. Because there was no real change. Oh, I'm tired. Hey. Where am I drinking? <laughs> I'm just going to piggyback. Um, one thing that's, I think really just plagues our societies today, just in general is I'm going to just go back to when you were talking about the data, right? Mm -hmm. The average person does not do real research, right? You don't re you, you may watch this person on YouTube and, and you don't even go verify their facts. You don't do any of these things. Um, you only read people that agree with you, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? That's that's how people just jump on board because this person is saying it. They believe what I believe, so it got to be true. I heard another person saying it. We don't do real research. We, we're not critical of the information that comes in to us, and that's one of the problems. Uh, people are not going to, they're not going to take the time to look at the data. You know what I mean? They're not going to mm -hmm. take the time to look at that data and say, man, um, I we might not be exactly where I want to be right now, but uh, it, it, it does look a little different than it did four years ago. Um, people are not going to take the time to do that. It, 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 and, and that's a problem um, that it's okay in the world that we live in to just take in information, not verify it and just go along with it. Like it really makes sense. And, uh, and, and we argue and fight with one another on social media uh, in all of these different places because we didn't take the time to verify. Uh, like one of the hot button things is right now, besides like COVID-19 and all this, all of a sudden people are really buy, are really talking about fake news. Mm. Uh, that's not something that's new. People been putting fake news out there for the longest. Um, and the, the crazy part about it is I just think about what if we actually taught and trained people how to be able to recognize some of those things and, and, and not be able to just kind of jump on board everything they see. Now, this goes back to something you said earlier. That's one of the reasons why a lot of times, unless it's somebody in my circle of influence that is not a believer, I really don't worry about what uh, a, a non-believers are talking about. You can say whatever you want. And I really to tell you the truth, I'm not even really surprised Mm. at a lot of their behavior, right? Mm -hmm. I, I expect somebody that don't live up to the same standard. My standard comes from here, right? Right. So I don't expect you to live the way that I want you to live. You're doing only what you should be doing because 
whether you're your own God or you don't believe there is a God or whatever it is, you're going to do what you do based off of not having him at the center of things. Yeah. But it goes back to what you said about believers attacking other believers and coming to some common ground. But here's the thing, right? Believers are so caught up on Black Lives Matter. And it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to be controversial, too. Well, right? go ahead, then, Mr. Baker. Let's go down <laughs> together. The average person that throw up that hashtag or even buy T-shirts or whatever, they have never taken the time to look at the Black Lives Matter website to see what they believe, to see what they stand for. None of those things. Yeah. They just put up the fist, wear the T-shirt, do whatever was asked of them online. And here's the thing. I'm not talking about whether I agree or disagree with what the stuff they have on their website. But this goes back to the research factor. Have you at least looked at what they stand for? And does that even line up with what you believe before you started jumping on the bandwagon? Yeah. And that's the thing. And not even just them, but just anybody, any group out here that's putting out stuff and they may have a popular slogan like the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter or whatever it is, whatever the hashtag is. Uh, you have to take the time to say, OK. Do I have to say that to to really to really show that Black Lives Matter to me, right? That that was that was one of the questions that the the, the person that was interviewing uh, Jonathan yeah. Isaac said. They said, "Do you not believe that uh, Black Lives Matter?" And I'm sitting here thinking, first and foremost, he's a black person. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Why would he why would black lives not matter to him? First of all, when I heard that question, they're talking about stuff is nonsense that he said. First and foremost, that question is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's black in America. How could you think that uh, he, that black lives don't matter to him? And then the question that everybody instead of just jumping on stuff, this is the this is the, the, the main question. Is the only way. To show that Black Lives Matter is taking a knee and wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. If the answer to that question is no, if there is more than one ways, you should not assume, you know, and this goes back to the motives thing you talked about earlier. You should never just assume that you know why he didn't take a knee. Even if he didn't, even if he didn't come out and explain himself, even if Kaepernick didn't come out and explain himself before when he kneeled some years back. Even if people don't come out and explain themselves, you should have to you should have enough intelligence to say, OK, he chose not to wear the shirt. Everybody's wearing a shirt. The first thing that come up in my mind when I see somebody doing that is what is it that they know that I don't know? Yeah. Instead of trying to act like, you know, oh, he ain't with that. How you going to ask a black man do black lives matter? to them? Pull a gun out on him. See what he do. <laughs> 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 immediately you're going to see if that man think his life matter. Yeah, it, 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 it's nonsensical. And here's the other part of it, Jay, is we act like I, this is the part, and maybe I'm just a contrarian. You know I'm kind of contrarian. I'm just kind of wired this way. But if you have to ask me if I don't kneel, if I don't wear this, if I don't do this, and now what's at stake is you can no longer be a part of this collective group because it's 
that is extremely offensive to me. Yeah. To say, Jay, that 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 is almost like making me less of a human in my mind. Just my mind. I'm not saying everybody has to think this way. But if me and you are walking down the street and I'm just going I won't, I won't, I won't make this as satirical as possible so that people can hear the, it, the, the irony of it, right? And if we walk down the street, Jay, me and you, and they have a box of Popeyes in the middle of the street and a quinoa salad. Mm-hmm. They have a watermelon and, I don't know, some other kind of fruit or something, right? A big old thing of red Kool-Aid <laughs> yeah. and water. And if you assume that me and Jay are both going to go towards the things that are stereotypically black, yeah. something's wrong. And that's exactly what you're saying to me. If you think that all of our politics are the same, all of our experiences are the same, and we just don't know no better, sir. We just got to go towards the what we know best. I, that, like that is extremely offensive to me. And yeah. the, the thing that's coming up right now, and again, I'm speaking to the church, I'm speaking to any believer who will hear me right now. If you are anything other than a black person in the United States of America or around the globe, for that matter, and you are a Christian, if you come at me saying, I just want to be your ally, I have to decline that request. I don't need allies. I need brothers and sisters who want to go along with me making disciples. So don't come at me like I'm an ally to the black cause. I don't want that. I don't want an ally. That's the word nowadays, an ally. Because you know what an ally can do? When they start shooting, the ally can run off. A brother and a sister is made for adversity. We're going to stick it. We yes. family. We, you, we can't divorce from you. And so that's my thing. The allies can push away from the table and say, I don't want to be your ally anymore because now you're hurting me. But yeah. what God came to do is Jesus came and he tore down the wall of hostility. That's why I'm saying this is more biblical than anything else. He tore down the wall of hostility. The Bible goes through great measures great measures to show that we come from Adam, that whole genealogy thing. And then in the new Testament, when Paul is saying, don't get caught up in all these genealogies, you see in the ancient world, people will worship gods based upon their ancestry. Yeah. They, and when the first century church came along, these people were even saying the research is showing that we are a new ethnicity, a new ethnos. It wasn't about the color of your skin or your lineage. It was about the nation that you were from. We, they were saying we are a new nation we are royal priesthood our kingdom is not of this world jesus started coming and saying these things and so now regardless of what you look like me and you are in this together and so don't sit up there if you've known me for any amount of time this is so so patronizing to me bro if you've known me for any amount of time and you sit there and you go well bro i just want you to know that i'm with you what would have made me doubt that yeah. Unless you got something, you got somebody in your ear telling you that, yeah, you need to come to me and tell me, oh, I feel so bad for you. Why are you feeling bad for me? I, I, I've had a great day, actually. And so you're saying that all black people, we just have this like mothership in in outer space. And when one black person gets sad, all black people are sad. Like that is yeah. just stupid to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got canceled again, Jay. It's your- <laughs> My mic came out. Is I'm still on? Yeah, you own. Uh, my okay. mic started. Uh, I had to tweak my mic too. Uh, but but let me let me add. Let me add uh-huh. a little bit. Let me add a little bit to okay. that. Okay. So, uh, kind of going back to uh, 
this this courage that we were talking about earlier uh and i was just so encouraged by this young man uh young brother christ man yes was able to stand and i think that whole theme of take courage in the bible is 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 so important for 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 many reasons so here's the thing uh i was kind of looking uh and reading back through some of the book a saving truth by abdu murray mm-hmm. and one of the things he says there he says we we've so obsessed over the freedom to do what we want hmm. that we've neglected the freedom to do what we should Ooh. <laughs> and because one of the big themes in that book is dealing with how we everything is about autonomous in our uh, autonomy in our culture and how Everything is about feelings and preferences and all of these different things. But I, I, I look at his his stance of saying that the gospel of Jesus um, is the answer to everything that's going on in our world today. And if everybody else has the freedom to do whatever they want, say whatever they want, live how they, they want to live. How can we neglect? Right. And just to go back to his uh, his statement, how can we neglect? the freedom to do what we should be doing as believers. We should be standing up, allowing people to see that the gospel is the answer. That's why a lot of people, when you hear me talk uh, over and over recently, one of the main things you hear me say is Jesus is the qualified teacher for human life. That's one of my main statements that I say a lot now because Jesus is the qualified teacher. I did not choose to start following Jesus. And I think if you're a believer right now, I want you to listen to me. I did not choose to start following Jesus just because uh, my parents or my family, we got a long line of preachers or anything like that. Uh, I've been going since I was little, so I had to join. None of that. For me, it was I looked and I examined my entire life. The stuff that I was doing when I was in the streets, I knew the stuff was wrong, but it had become right to me. You know what I mean? It was I had convinced myself that it was okay to live that lifestyle, even though I know it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when when I'm in jail fighting my case, not knowing if I'm going to prison or if I'm going to beat the case and get out, I had some time to really sit down and think. And it was in that time that I began to reflect and even tell God, like, it's crazy because I didn't grow up in the church, but one of my, my main instincts was to talk to God in that moment. And I was just like, God, I'm tired. And it's, it's amazing that when we claim that we have surrendered our lives to the Lord, we don't do anything to cultivate that relationship. Uh, you got people today that have been, uh, quote unquote saved for 10, 15, 20 years, still don't read their Bible. Uh, none of these things. And then uh, we wonder why we're not willing to stand out yeah. amidst the crowd. Right. Yeah. This this young man is willing to stand out. And I'm, I'm so thankful that he listened to that re- that repeated theme throughout the scripture where he says, take courage. Yeah. Um, I'm a, let me read something real quick out of Acts 27. Go right ahead. Um, and so this is that famous passage. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling that up. <laughs> so, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to make sure I see it right. <laughs> Acts 27, put the glasses on. <laughs> and you actually, know what? Actually, I can't see up close with them. 
<laughs> so this is that famous uh passage of Paul is being taken to Rome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, getting ready to stand trial, and they mm-hmm. are about to be in the midst of this this major storm, and lives are on the line. Uh, I'm you know what? I'm just gonna start reading from verse 13. It says, um, when light when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. Uh, but the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength uh, called a Northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered sea the sheltered side of a small island named Kada. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Where uh, with great difficulty, we uh, hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of the Sartis of the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to the to the slow to slow the ship and we're driven before the wind. And, and I'm gonna pause right there real quick because you see things are starting to get out of control. And I'm I'm just kind of just building up some anticipation because we're gonna get to that statement. It's all throughout the Bible, but we're gonna get to that statement where Paul is being spoken to by an angel of God that tells him, take courage, and we'll see that here in just a little bit. But I I, I think. Uh, we we fail to realize God is telling us this constantly throughout scripture simply because he's with us, not only when we're on the mountaintop, but even when we're in the valley. And we have mm. to understand that. So verse 18 says the next day as gale forced winds uh, continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even uh, took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Mm. I mean, let's just pause right there. Listen to what he said. We we're out at sea and we don't see stars. We don't see uh, the sun anymore. It's dark. Uh, Just think of being in a situation where all hope is gone. Um, Some people have been in them situations and some people are just like, man, I don't know if I've been there, but I've been in some times where I would just feel like really I'm just hopeless. Uh, And when we get in those times, we have to trust God. Like I understand when uh, when when people of the world do what they do. But as believers, we have to get to a point to where we take up courage. Right. And we continue to trust God even in the midst of the things that are going on. Verse 21. Hold on, hold on. Can I... <laughs> Go ahead, jump in there. Let, let, let me give you the second part of verse 20 from the ESV. Boy, this it hit me a little different, Jay. It said, <laughs> all hope of being saved was at last abandoned. Oh, man. <laughs> that hurt my soul right there. I mean, just think about that. <laughs> you, you, you already thinking, not just you, but everybody on the boat thinking like, man, there's no way we can make it. Yeah. Right? Ain't no hope. And, and Paul even is even going to tell them here in just a minute. He was like, I told y'all before we shouldn't have taken off. We should have stayed where we were. Right. 
They didn't want to listen. Now we out here and everybody's scared to death. Yeah. Uh, verse 21. No one had eaten for a long time. You know, that's some serious depression right there and fear going on. Yeah. Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Uh, you would have avoided all of this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even the ship will uh, even though the ship will go down for last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Uh, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on the island. And I'm just going to stop right there. Um, because I think about that young man, uh, just that constant statement was coming to me when you sent me that article. Uh, I just kept on thinking, take courage, take courage. And to see his statement on Twitter afterward shows that he did take up courage and saying, look, I'm gonna trust God, even though, uh, some unfortunate, uh, things has happened since I've made this statement. But I'm just going to keep pressing forward and trusting God. And I and I just like I, and I'm going to say this. I really like the simple fact that. He encouraged me in such a way, it, it just kind of like how Paul did right here, right in the, in, in the midst of everybody going crazy. He's like, you should have listened to me. But right now you need to eat. Right. Because you're going to need your strength. We're going to be shipwrecked. We're going to have to get out. We're going to have to swim or whatever way he said it. Right. Um, you need to take courage because God spoke to me and guess what? I believe him, mm -hmm. right? He encouraged everybody. But then right after that, and we didn't even read it. He took the bread, gave thanks and started to eat. He, he led by an example and then everybody else started eating. They were like, okay, he, I know it's scary, but he eating. So maybe we ought to eat, have a little something to drink and yeah. kind of get our strength up, get encouraged a little bit and, and just be prepared for what's about to happen. And I think me and you've been talking about this. Uh, I've talked with this with a few other people that it more than likely things are about to probably get bad in our country. Uh, people don't want to hear it. But I'm going to tell you like this. You're going to need examples like that young brother that decided to say, I'm standing for the gospel. And if you are attacking somebody because they are standing for the gospel, you are missing the mark and you are definitely not being led by the Holy Spirit. Hey, man, <laughs> because he doesn't fit your political agenda. He doesn't fit your idea of what he should be doing. And here's the other part of it, Jay. Like you said it earlier, because he's doing something and even if you were in that situation, you wasn't doing nothing four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've transformed your, 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 your eyes have been open to something you believe and, uh, it's challenging. And so I, I always challenge everybody cause I get the same thing, you know, uh, I, I cater to white folks. I do this. I do that. Black folks say that to me. White folks say I'm too militant. I'm like, I'm just right in the middle of the end. Like I, I, I don't know what to be. <laughs> Yeah. Besides be myself. 
and that's one thing I I, I I will say about myself, not to say I can't fall off, but anybody have known me for any amount of time, they know I've always been shunned. Like I, I, I don't, and people try to mo find motivation in me for saying the things that I say. And even on my YouTube channel, I'm going to start doing testimonies. I was sharing this with you. Yeah. Why I believe what I believe about certain things. I'm going to start telling stories about why I believe what I believe about certain things. Like, I think if people were able, like kind of the way that I carry myself, I think people think I was, I was, I'm a suburban kid. Like I grew up in this, I grew up in Fluorville or something. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that, that's the farthest from the truth. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, man, it's like, um, we got to start locking arms, getting into relationships with one another. And again, we don't invoke change in the masses. Now, again, if you want to go march, you want to go do all that, be my guest. I don't think that's the way that real heart change happens. I think it happens person to person. I think the gospel jumps person to person. You just don't mm -hmm. stand up on a platform and say, you need to think like this. And everybody leaves with a, with a different understanding, right? Uh, that's just not the world we live in. That might have happened in Billy Graham's day. It ain't happening nowadays. People, people we, we grew up in a different time where people articulate things different. People have yeah. different uh, 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 uh misconceptions about what the gospel is. People have heard a whole lot of lies about the gospel and all this other stuff. And so, um, man, I think the gospel is all about locking arms and, 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 and suffering with those who suffer, but I can't suffer with somebody I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's my biggest thing, bro. Like why, how are you going to suffer with someone you don't know? Or you like, and, and just random people on the street, like, Oh man, I feel your pain. You don't know that man's pain until you get to know that man. Then you can walk through life with that man. Or that woman, right? Um, that's the biggest thing I'm seeing right now, man, is people are all on this injustice. Let's bring justice. Let's do these things. And the herd is moving in a direction. And I don't believe that anybody has real, practical, tangible answers to how we solve some of these issues, even on a social level. Not saying the gospel. We know the gospel is there. And some people are saying, well, the gospel informs me to do things. OK, so what is your plan? Well, you know, man, we just got to we got to throw our fist in the air <laughs> and, 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 and yell at people. Yeah. I don't see that in the book. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to actually do to bring healing to these areas? And again, if anybody wants more information about the way that I believe, hit us down in the comments, because I don't want to be talking on a tangent and introducing stuff to people that people ain't like, yeah. oh, we even know about that. Hit us in the con content, comments, see what we, I believe. I'll give you st stats. I'll give you statistics. I will, I will show you why I believe what I believe and why I believe what can happen in a social realm will work. But it's going to have to, it's going to take you rolling up your sleeves. It's going to take you getting out there. And this social activism that happens online with hashtags ain't changing yeah. nothing. It ain't yeah. changing nothing. It might bring awareness to certain things. But until you are out there, and here's the other part of it, Jay. This whole, and I get it, a lot of the BLM stuff is being hijacked. We see people out there that don't look like they ever been a day in the hood throwing rocks at the police yeah. and doing stuff. It's getting hijacked, but it can only get hijacked if you're allowed to get hijacked. Right? And so y'all need to be standing up and saying, this is not us. We're not leading with anger. Christians. We're not leading with anger. This and have a yeah. plan. Have a plan. Because the folks that are in power, they ain't got no plan. 
That's why Pilate asked them, what should I do with Jesus? He ain't got no plan. <laughs> this man that came up here, yeah. said he's Messiah. I see nothing wrong with him. Wife having dreams about him. Yeah. I don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's not my world. I don't care. I'm not a Jew. I'm, I, I'm not reading Man, I'm just trying to keep my head. I'm a Roman, I'm a Roman politician. I'm just trying to keep my head. Yeah. Trying to keep my position. What should I do with him? And if you say crucify him, you get enough people yelling that, they're gonna do exactly what you ask him to do. And yeah. what you're asking him to do might not work. It might make us go 40 other years in the wilderness to, to mix uh, illustrations. <laughs> it might make <laughs> things worse. And right now is making things worse in the country. People are kowtowing and people are bowing down to the anger. Uh, listen, I'm just keeping it 100. Guns are out of stock. People buying guns and bullets everywhere. They're not buying them guns and bullets just to be collectors. They don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what's going on. And so, man, I just pray that, man, I pray I'm wrong, Jay. I pray a whole lot of people don't get hurt. Uh, yeah. And in our anger... And then I pumping people up. We got people with mental illnesses listening to all this. They might take your words and and that's why episode one is so important when we talked about anger. Uh, right again, quote Dallas Willard: "Anything that you can do with anger, you can do much better without, without it. it." And I mean, you talked about a plan. That's one of the biggest problems. That's one of that's one of the reasons why I uh, personally have chosen not to be involved with some of the stuff that I see people out doing. It's easy to to go into the default mode. And I, I was telling somebody else this uh, recently to kind of encourage them because they were trying to they were trying to figure out, man, should I go protest or should I do this? And I just told them simply this. I said, don't feel bad if you do not get out and protest. I say, if you choose to go out and protest, at least get with somebody that has a plan. First and foremost, the default mode of just uh, of just protesting just in general. And uh, you don't really know where you're going to go. I'm just going to protest to until this happens or until somebody's arrested or I'm going to protest to this. And then I'm going to go back to my regular schedule pro program. And that's what's been going on for years now. Yeah. Uh, but like. Will you sit down and, and, and take the time to put together a plan? Like me personally, I've sat down and thought about certain things, uh, how I would uh, want things to go and how to go about getting certain things. I haven't just uh, sat around and, and actually uh, done nothing. But one of the things that I'm I, I'm not worried about when it comes to people and me, and you've talked about this. I'm not going to be pushed and persuaded into uh, doing what everybody else is doing just because I'm going to get some uh, some flack from some people because simply this I, t I told this person this uh, when all this stuff was first going on and they were kind of torn in different directions and didn't know where to go mm -hmm. a lot of people that are attacking you on social media these are some of the same people I've been in the community 10 years doing outreach in a lot of these uh, impoverished, impoverished areas with black and brown people feeding, clothing, doing all these different events and outreaches. And half of the people that are attacking people that are for not going out and protest, you've never supported any of these things. I know, I know people that, that won't give a dime 
to help feed some people in poor communities won't donate anything, won't do anything. But when this popular thing is on TV now, all of a sudden you want other people to go and get involved in that. And just all of a sudden, uh, this really matters to you. Uh, and I told this person, I said, I won't be pushed by anybody because I've been showing and demonstrating with my life and with the ministry that black lives matter to me. I don't have to put up a hashtag. I don't have to black out my screen. I don't have to, uh, on just one day out of the year go and, uh, purchase only from black owned businesses. I don't have to do what everybody else is doing. I've demonstrated with my life over the last 10 years. We'll just look at 10 years. Over the last 10 years of being in the community, I've demonstrated that. And so I had to explain to this person, I told them, I'm not going to do it. You do not have to jump and make a rash decision just because everybody is doing it. Yeah. If you choose to do it, do it. Know why you're doing it. But if you choose not to do it, do not allow people uh, talking about you and saying all these different things for you to change your perspective. Yeah. Stand firm, because I'm going to tell you right now. If you're walking with the Lord, you are not standing alone. Even if it's other so-called believers attacking you, you're not standing alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, bro. You know, you said earlier, I want to throw this in there. One thing that uh, would be helpful is there's a couple of books. I read this book. It's called Mortimer J. Alder. It's by Mortimer J. Alder and uh, Charles Doran, Van Doren. It's called How to Read a Book. Yes, uh, I have it. Yeah. And then there's another one called Lit, A Christian Guide to Reading Books. Listen, when you're living in this consuming world where all these articles are coming at you, please do this. I, I just talked to somebody the other day. I had to talk them off a ledge. When you're reading these articles nowadays, understand this, that everything is slanted to get clicks. The media now, because people don't watch TV like they used to watch it. They're watching online, YouTube, Facebook. That's how they're getting a lot of their information. Uh, a lot of people don't buy newspapers no more. So they go online to read articles, that kind of stuff. And so the clicks have to be on point because there are advertisers on all of these news sites. If you notice, there's advertisers all over. The way that they get space on these advertising sites is the amount of people who click on this actual site. They can charge more for advertising dollars to keep the thing going. So I watched this article the other day. It was about COVID. We've been talking about Black Lives Matter. It's about the COVID thing. Yeah. Um, the COVID thing, it was saying that uh, that a dude had died in a motorcycle crash and he got counted as a COVID victim. And the way that the article was written was to say that they were just putting all these people who were getting killed with COVID in different categories. And so you read two sentences, then there's an ad. <laughs> you read two more sentences, then there's an ad. Yeah. You keep going. And so people get frustrated with that and they stop reading. Read to the bottom. It showed that they talked to the actual coroner and in, in somewhere in Florida. And he actually said that all of these cases are reviewed. And then that's how we found out we were supposed to take it off. But it put all these other 40,000 cases in, 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 in painted it in this other way in those first three things. This is what they've been doing. This is what they, but if you kept on reading, they corrected themselves yeah. at the bottom, but they know you're not going to read to the bottom. And so yeah. you get all out of shape. Oh, I told you that was, I told you it was this, this, and this. Also, when you're watching news clippings, I'm an editor because I edit videos. See if people are being cut in the middle of their words. If there's time for breathe, if there's time to pause. People yeah. will chop that thing up and make him feel like he said something that that man did not say or that woman did not say. 
And then they come out later. He's like, no, he lied. Now he said it. I heard it when he said it. Go back and try and find the complete episode, the complete yeah. video, all that kind of stuff. Because people will chop it up on you. And like even sometimes it's so they'll cut it in the middle of a word. You be like, that kind of cut off kind of abrupt. Mm-hmm. But you can get fall into it because you heard them say it with their own mouth. But that wasn't what they really said. They took a snippet or they they got you tired with advertising. And so we have to be critical. And the best thing that school did for me was it made me read things that I wouldn't normally read. Yes. Things that I did not agree with made me articulate why I did not agree with it and cite my sources. <laughs> yeah. And cite my sources. I fought with so many professors and my source was always the ESV. Oh, it's say, uh-uh, Matthew, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. right? I'm just, <laughs> right? Yeah. But he made you, and he wanted you to do that. He wanted you to engage that way. And I did classes online. They made you go into the message board and type out long form what you believed. They had a minimum of words that you can put on that message board post. And they knew that you, you can't do it in a hashtag. And yep. that's the thing right now with this hashtagging and all that. It leaves so much ambiguity about what you really mean. And so someone can hear. And again, like I said, like Jay said, look at me, come at me and you can see that I care about black lives. Right. I'm saying this to say. That. If. I did not believe that black lives matter. I would not be doing it in form of a hashtag to counteract that black lives don't matter. When I say, well, yeah, they do matter, but only in the subcontext of every life mattering, I can't put that in a hashtag. And so yeah. I put it in something else. And so don't try to read somebody else's intent because like, if I go back to what I said before, the person who argues first seems right. And a lot of time on social media, the person who frames the argument wins the argument. People yeah. are, good at framing the argument in a way that you cannot refute what they're saying because they corner you with words. People are crafty at rhetoric. They can corner you and say, well, say this, well, say this, like the mayor in Minneapolis, he out there electric sliding with him. And they say, do you want to defund the police? Yes or no? Yes. It's a yes or no. If anybody's arguing with you about anything that you believe in, they say it's a yes or no answer. I don't argue with those people. No. Because you can't summarize my thoughts into a yes or no answer. It's not so easy. It's more nuanced than that. Racism is more nuanced than that. Uh, Poverty and inequality is more nuanced than that. Watch this. A lot of stuff that we're suffering in our culture right now is, uh, I was telling Jay about this. I took these notes. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I feel like it right now. I might cut (laughs) it out later. Uh, But I was looking at Thomas Sowell's new book. And he was saying scientific studies have shown, uh, no, that's not what it was. He said, when we compare a lot of disparities in the world based on like an apples to apples kind of uh, a a basis uh, and take race out of the equation, uh, we see less of the gaps that we are talking about uh, in culture. And this is what he said in his book. Uh, You can see the black households going Back to 1969, they had newspapers, magazines, and library cards in them, had a similar outcome to their white counterparts. The amount of time, uh, I mean, had similar incomes to their white counterparts. The amount of time devoted to schoolwork shows similar outcomes across ethnic groups. Lifestyle choices have similar consequences. 
So if there's reason that a children in our nation don't have access to the, um, this is my words. And so, and so if there's a reason why our children in our nation don't have access to newspaper or magazines or library cards and, and things like that, that's some place that we need to tackle as opposed to just saying, well, white folk got more. They, you need to hand over your white privilege. Well, if my white privilege mean that I had access to library cards, accesses, access to private tutors, access to these things. Now we see a quantifiable thing that makes a difference in the way that people are educated and the way that people earn. Yeah. But we don't, we're not willing to do the research. We're willing to stop and say, oh, kids growing up in poverty aren't competing with kids who have money. Of course not. Because they're in poverty. They don't have some of the same advantages of these other children. And so if we're going to lean on society to change that thing, we need to start going into the schools and reading with children. We need to start making sure that they have library programs. We need to start making sure that they learn how to fill out a resume correctly and have work ethic and all these things. Because these things are cultural. I can remember, man, when we when I was first a believer, me and Larry, we started a nonprofit uh, called the Exodus Group. And we went to the YMCA on 183. And we were teaching kids how to interview, how to do resumes, how to do this. I mean, it was like pulling teeth to get their parents to get them to show up because they didn't see any value in it. Yeah. And the kids that did show up, they kind of was trying to be cool in the back of the room doing like this. And we yeah. were from the street, so we could kind of relate to them. But I can only imagine if somebody who wasn't from that showed up and they acting like that, they couldn't break through to them. And yeah. so we need to start looking at things less in the case of just where you are. How do we move you past these things? How do we get programs in place to help people and help people see the value in it? Because here's the thing. Asians are kicking everybody's butt in this nation. Whites yeah. and everybody. And they're a minority. They're a minority. And so, like I said, if we could come together collectively and learn together and put a board together and have some Asian parents who are putting their kids to school on, on the board, well, they ain't black. They don't know where we're coming from. Well, maybe there's something that they're doing right that we can learn from. Oh, yeah. Have some whites on it. Have some come into the room and everybody being able to talk and can't nobody be shut down because that, that ain't going to work for us. Well, it ain't going to work for us because we ain't trying right now. Yeah. But if you take the same situations, black, white, Mexican, across the board, they are uh, with the same socioeconomic, the same chances, everything. People are succeeding at the same level. And so we know that there is uh, a, a disproportionate amount of black. And we go back to the welfare state, and the crack epidemic. We can go back there. If we want to stay there, that's on y'all. But I don't want to stay there. <laughs> I want to start yeah. putting things in place to help counteract the things that would. And here's the thing. I don't trust the government to do it. The government is inefficient at a lot of stuff that they do. I don't trust them to do it. And so it's up to us. Yeah, that's my soapbox. And so if you want to ask me, do black lives matter? Absolutely. <laughs> you want yeah. to ask me, how, what do we do to change things in the black community? I just I just outlined a certain amount of things that we can do in the black community to change things. Jay, I already know one of my biggest dreams is to have a social, uh, 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 even more than pastor the church. I want to have a community center. Yeah. I want to have a community center where people in the community can come and grow and learn. I'm always, I'm teaching programming classes to people who are ex-cons because I know that when you got a felony on your record, it's hard for you to get employment like everybody else. But ain't nobody going to check your record if you're a contractor and you're building websites. Yep. 
And I don't say that. I haven't said that up until this date. I say it in small circles. I don't say that out loud to boast about it. But I do that because I care about people who I know haven't had the same opportunities that I have, even though I grew up in the same places that a lot of people grew. But I took advantage of certain opportunities that got me to a different place. And I know if it, ha if it worked for me, it can work for you. I, I mean, that's it. Uh, that's Now, if that's you want to call me Uncle Tom or, or, or Coon <laughs> or whatever, go right ahead, bro. Yeah. But I know my stance and yeah. I know I care about people and I know the gospel is important. And I think, Jay, this is going to be, a, this is gonna, I'm going to have to edit a lot of me out. But uh, here's nah. the thing. Here's the thing, bro. I know for a fact that a lot of people are comfortable where they're at. They're just happy griping because they're scared to change. They're mm -hmm. scared to move forward. They're scared that the door is going to be slammed in their face. And man, we got to get over that fear, man. We got to get over that, that kind of mentality that this ain't going to work. And this ain't because a lot of the people that I'm seeing out there that, that, that is giving money to all these organizations that I don't think should have the money. Because yeah. <laughs> they are tearing down the nuclear household amongst black households. We want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Amongst black households, they have the mother and the father both in the household. The poverty rate is less than 10%. And I know the welfare state took the man out of the house. I, we know that. It's on the books. It took the man out of the house. But we don't have to stay there, though. No. And the gospel informs that situation. I think what we're doing, I think we're putting the cart before the horse. We're trying to get people right before we give them the gospel. And the gospel mm -hmm. was given regardless to your current situation. Yeah. And because of the gospel, I can get up out of my current situation. And so anyway, uh, that's my love soapbox. I, I, I'm going to stop <laughs> right there for to have me running for president next time. <laughs> but there's that. I'm a stats guy. There's stats out there that show that yeah. these things work. There's stats out there that show what work. Charter schools. Mm -hmm. Charter schools are holding kids to a higher standard than the regular public schools. And these, these kids are excelling. We've seen all these charter schools and all their kids are going to college. Mm -hmm. And they got a certain set of rules, though. If you start acting up. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Mama can't come down there and act a fool on the principal. Do what you want to do. Bye-bye. Yep. And so we need to start looking at things. How can we improve the education system? Tearing down the statue ain't going to prove the education system. If they're kids, and this was me, golly, Jay, you got me in my soapbox. I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> hey, if there are kids, keep it going, keep it if going. If there are kids who are hungry, it's hard for them to pay attention in class. What programs do we need to get to put together so these kids ain't sitting in class and starving and can't think? I was a kid that used to live in a house where we'd have no lights on and I would have to hold up my books to a window. It was a high window. It was a church across the street. Holy Cross uh, Catholic Church. First black Catholics I ever made right there across from Blackshire. I used to have to hold my book up to the up in the window to get the street light from across the street to read. If there are kids who don't have a safe place to 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 study, we need to look at that. But right now we just worried about testing. Do they meet the aptitude test? Can we get them out? Can they graduate yeah. by the time they're 18? And we're falling back behind behind every other country. And so we need education reform more so than we need police reform. And I know that's going to, I know they're blowing people mind. Uh, yeah, we need yeah. education reform because the simple amount of people who are killed in this country by officers is less than, a, was less than a statistic zero. 
Not to say that those lives aren't important. We care about every single life that's killed by the police. We care about those lives. Those lives are created in the image of God. But that is not the biggest issue. Like that man said, that is not the biggest issue in our community. And we highlight it because it's heart wrenching. And that allows all the people who are promoting Black Lives Matter. And I'm not talking about the average citizen. I'm talking about all these politicians who are kneeling. You look at the yes. cities. You look at the cities where all this stuff is going on, all this gun violence, where all these kids are failing. They are run by people who look like me. But we don't want to hear that. No, nah, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear. We don't want to call Reverend Al Sharpton and Reverend Jesse Jackson feet to the carpet. You've been doing this for 30 years and we ain't seen no change. Can we get some fresh insight? Can we get some <laughs> biblical leadership? And that's what I want to say, man. We need to. When I was talking about uh, when I was talking about Pilot, man. Yeah. Pilot is going to give the people what they want. Can we hold our pilots to the point where we're like, listen, we need some fresh ideas, man. We're not. Listen. You're not going to stay in office with the same stuff that you keep on doing and brushing us under the rug, trying to fight like we in 1966. We falling behind. Yeah. Makes no sense. When the, oh, golly, Jay, you got me on politics now. <laughs> got, got me. Remember when the lottery came to Texas? Yeah. And they promised that, that those, those taxes that was coming from the lottery was going to make our schools different. Mm-hmm. How, how are our schools different? It's been 20-some years. <laughs> Nothing has changed. We got to hold them accountable, man. And if Most there's a, definitely. And if there's a police officer who's corrupt, get them up out of there. Man, it's, it's so much what's wrong with what we see in the world. And I'm going to go back. You, you just spoke on it just briefly, but I want to go back to that again. Um, Racism is not the only problem. It may be the hot button topic right yes. now. Yes. Everybody's jumping on it. Um, it should be addressed. Um, I think uh, I think right now God is allowing a lot of stuff to surface, but you can't have tunnel vision on just racism uh, simply because if we only focus in on that one area and we don't mm. talk about anything else. Um, you get what we see in our world today. Um, it's, it's, it's sad that everywhere you look, there's a problem with something. And I, I think people, they missing that. It's the focus is on, uh, everybody's always just worried about themselves. You know what I mean? It's not, uh, what can we do about these other people? Uh, I had somebody ask me a few weeks ago, um, man, I don't never hear anything about, you know, I don't really hear anybody talk about what y'all do. And I said, um, I said, you won't because I don't promote stuff to get attention. Right. I I've never decided to go in the community for everybody to say, oh, man, did you see what Jay did or whatever? Everything I do is because I see a need. Even if we don't have the resources, I try to connect 
with people that have the resources to 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 take care of that need. We see whether it's somebody hungry, whether it's whether it's backpacks during the school year, whatever yeah. it is. And the problem is we have so many people today out in the world and I see it all over social media and even with uh, just in, in regular media, you see so many people that they have to get themselves out there. It's not really about the deed. It's really about the motivation behind the deed. It's, oh, look at so-and-so. They did this. And I, and I look and I'm like, why are y'all really focusing on that? Let's talk about those people that are, are, are going to really be taken care of right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so many people are so caught up in themselves and trying to promote themselves and uh, and all of those different things that they miss the whole thing, that there are people that are hurting and they have serious needs out here. And and, and just like all of the stuff that you spoke about, uh, what are we doing to do something about the educational system? Uh, what are we doing uh, to 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 pr promote some things that uh, make sure that no kid goes to school hungry. You know what I mean? Um, I, I know this is going to be controversial when I bring up a group back in the day that actually took care of, uh, and I'm going to bring the up Panthers. the black Panthers. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the black Panthers made sure that kids in those neighborhoods, they had breakfast to eat every day. You know what I mean? And, why we don't have that in every community, like every community where there are poor people, we should have something like that. And so, um, yeah, that's that's what keeps me up at night. What keeps me up at night is I see so many needs and and I look at conduits of change and how we're limited on resources. And I think about like, man, how can I get more resources to take care of all these needs that I see? Yeah, I don't get I don't stay up at night worrying about. If I'm riding down the street and am I going to get pulled over and then these cops are going to kill me? That's not what keeps me up at night. That's not what makes me not be able to sleep. And, and, and if Even that's when you your, have a trunk full of guns. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you know what I mean? When I was riding around with all of that stuff doing wrong, I still, yeah. it was, you know what I mean? It was, it was crazy. People used to be in the car with me and they used to say, man, you don't see that law right there. You don't see that law, man. Slow down. Why you, why, why you pulling up on? I said, because I got license insurance and then, and then that, it, when you're scared, that's when they bother you. Yeah. And they so, see you. yeah, you, <laughs> we got braids and all kind of stuff in yeah. the car, but we, we sitting up all on the steering wheel, man, you look guilty <laughs> and let's just keep driving. If we pass by them, we're doing the speed limit, just keep going. Yeah. But like, just in general, I don't, I, if, if that's what your problem is, Hey, I pray that, uh, you can change your focus and something else keeps you up at night. But if that's your problem, that's your problem. But I'm talking about me personally. Yeah. Me personally, I stay up at night having trouble sleeping because I'm looking to fulfill needs that I see in the community yes. every day. Yes. And, um, yes. And we gotta, we, we gotta plug condos to change links, show notes, hit them up. Jay's doing some good stuff in the community. And even if it's not your bad, and it's not your thing to go and feed the homeless or wash the clothes of the homeless and, and all the stuff the conduits do, man, you can lean into a relationship. Like I talk to people about this all the time. People like, like, man, if you are on the front lines of making sure homes stay together and a, yes. a, 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 a family, and I won't even put a color on it, a family is more likely to be successful 
and move forward if the mama and the daddy are both in the same household. Those are just statistics, right? And so seeing people's marriages and you're a believer, older women showing the younger women how to be a wife and older men showing the younger men how to be a husband, come alongside them, a married couple. Say, man, we're going to disciple this young couple and we're going to see them. We're going to see them make it through. You've been married for 35 years and you feel, where's my ministry at? Grab a young couple that's been married two or three years. Yeah. And have a uh, every other Friday, y'all go out to dinner together and you just pour into them. You you are you are increasing that family's chance of doing well and those kids chances of doing well. And so it's not always just the going and the feeding and those kind yes. of stuff. It's, it, it's, 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 it's the whole picture. Like Jay is saying, maybe your piece of it might be different than somebody else's piece of it. Yeah. But do your part. Do what you're called to do. And yes, don't sir. just jump on a bandwagon and be like, ah, you know, um, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 put this hashtag out and the world's going to change. <laughs> man, if you don't sit down somewhere with your hashtag. <laughs> I'm serious, man. He's called us. And this is the real Jay. He's called us to be disciples and make disciples. I said it this make Sunday, disciples. man. I said it this Sunday, man. I've been so convicted lately. Um, I, I had said, y'all like, y'all know, I, I recently finished school. School was a thing. And I told my wife, I said, man, as soon as school is over. I'm back out there, backpack clubs and all those other things that we would, I'm back out there. And then this during Rona came yeah. through and yeah. shut us down. But listen, um, it's going to be on and popping. Uh, yeah. there, th th there's just so much that can be done. And like you said, Jay, over the years, I've done so much from street evangelism to that didn't work out for me. That wasn't my bag. And so I tried something else. I did the, That's I did the, the key. Just keep trying until you get until you hit what hit. You know yes. what I mean? Till you get what hit. And that that class, check this out. That class that we were teaching uh ex-cons how to uh, program. We started with 10 dudes. We two graduated, but hey, we learned that first class. Man, I was just talking to other believers. I had a friend at my church. He was a CTO of this major corporation, way over there off of 183. Uh and he had a room full of computers. He gave us a laptop. He had the dude come open and shut it for us. Every every week we went in there, we we had set up uh, a bunch of mentors, dudes who were programmers who want to mentor younger dudes and or dudes that were out of prison. We had it all set up, man. But to get those 10 dudes, it was like pulling teeth. I was going to probation offices, asking the probation officers, man, I know you probably got somebody who we we, we can't talk about their, their case. I said, you ain't got to talk about the case. Just give them a fly. I don't want to know about it. You know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Going to libraries, going to community centers, putting flyers up. And you know what people in those communities that we went to were, were looking at me like? Like I was crazy. Like, why you want to help us? How much is it going to cost? It ain't going to cost nothing. Do you know one of the challenges, Jay? They had similar programs that were ineffective and they didn't want my program to compete with their program. Yeah. And so knowing this, I can now tackle legislation to say, hey, just because it's a city-run program or a federal-mandated program, if there's a, a, a way that we can create competitiveness <laughs> so that your, yeah. pro, your sucky program <laughs> yeah. is going to have to compete on my level. And so even if I don't get to run my program, I'm going to cause you to get better. Though, that's the kind of stuff that we need to do. Th th yeah. That's just the way that my mind works. Instead of sitting back, well, they don't, they don't want to. We got another uh, a common friend who was going to a school in her old neighborhood. She lives out here now, but she had gone to school in her old neighborhood to try and volunteer, be a room mom to just help the kids. Man, she went up to that school two or three times, left her number. They kept losing her number. What do you do? The government <laughs> is inefficient. 
The government is inefficient. I'm just saying it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it. I used to work for the government. It's inefficient. And so yeah. until we can put pressure on programs and things, if that's what you're convicted about, go and do those things. And yeah. there's a and, 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 and there's nothing stopping you. I tell people at our church all the time, listen, if you have a ministry proposition, you want to make a difference in the world, you ain't gotta do it, you ain't gotta do it under this umbrella. We'll support you. We'll send volunteers if it's something worth doing. Go and do it. Yeah. I don't have the bandwidth to help you though. <laughs> yeah. But go and do it. <laughs> yeah. Go and do it. Cause we want to make disciples who make disciples it's all about disciple making with us. It's and deep. this this episode done turned into another episode for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Emergency episode one and two. <laughs> <laughs> what you do. What you do. <laughs> But yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna cut out a little bit of my rant, boy. Cause I was getting heated there for a second. I was like, I was talking to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. Man, good this stuff. is good stuff, man. Yeah, I I, I went down that political thing, man, because I, I got strong views, Jay. Yeah, I got strong views, man. And there's th- there there are things that can be done that can change things. But man, we're working with a system that's broken, man. And yes, that's sir. what people need to understand. We're working with a broken world system. People are broken. That's why you're never going to go to a church that's perfect. you jumping from church to church because they, they, they ain't got what I need. They ain't got the children program I need. They ain't got this. They ain't got this. But maybe you there to help the children program. Yeah. They don't feed the homeless. Maybe you there to help them start feeding the homeless. Yeah. But you got all these ideas and ain't got no, put no elbow grease behind it. And so... That's the thing, man. We This world is broken and yeah. more people going to get killed by the cops. It's just an unfortunate thing until. Yeah. And even if we didn't have guns, they get hit in the head with a billy club or something like people are going like in <laughs> London and all those other places, man. They got stabbings, cops getting stabbed, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so the system is broken. It's going to forever be broken. Uh, we just got to do what we got to do in the midst of it. And the gospel has to be at the forefront. Yes, sir. Jay, do you have any parting words or any parting thoughts before we go, bro? Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna edit down Uncle Ramble, Ram, Ramble, Ramble guy. <laughs> uh, leave him, uh, leave him there. Uh, the only thing I would just leave with um, the last thing that I was just talking about earlier: just take courage. Yeah. Uh, if you are a believer and you're standing for the gospel, um, take courage that you're going to be attacked. Um, and I just pray that believers quit attacking other believers during this time, because what you need to understand is if things get bad, mm. you a believer, <laughs> you need to understand that you, you're not of the world. You're a believer. And so you're going to need to stand with other believers. Man. Um, it, it, it just pray even for people that are not believers that that you think are doing some foolish stuff be praying for them we be praying for them you know we love to just talk about people but sometimes you just need to pray for them yeah yeah like uh old gamaliel in acts chapter five yeah that brother said uh they were doing all this and we hey if it's of god you can't stop it anyway hey let them do what they do <laughs> but yeah, yeah i i i got i i like uh in first kings Chapter eight, verse 39, it says, forgive and act, deal with oh. everyone according to all they do, since you know their hearts, for you alone know every human heart. Listen, God knows hearts. God knows intentions. God knows when we're off and when we're being led astray. 
yeah. and pray about pray about the situation because God can turn that thing around if they're going on the wrong course. God can God 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 has ways of course correcting folks. Yes, as Jonah, as Jonah. Ooh. And my thing is, if you got to get swallowed up by the whale or the fish <laughs> to get to where yeah. you need to go, that's what has to happen for him to get to where you need to go. And he sure went to Nineveh after that. Um, <laughs> and so, man, let people do what people going to do. Correct people when it's something that needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Bible is clear. If it ain't sin unto death, pray for him. Mm-hmm. So many people. The first thing that the first thing that I did, man, when I when I when I sent that 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 link to Jay, when I saw that that press conference was going, I said, Jay, you see this? Jay said, man, we need to pray for him, man. That was the first yeah. thing that came out of his mouth, right? Because <laughs> we know the world we live in, mm-hmm. and we start praying. We didn't pray that he'll break his knee. We, we should have been praying for the man knee. Lord, yeah. keep his knees intact. Because <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be in there doing this. Uh, I guess you can call it the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, uh, that's all I got, man, is just pray for one another, man. Uh, don't let don't don't let anybody persuade you or dissuade you from doing what uh, you can get clarity from god that you need to do stand man it's time to stand yes sir and again man check out conduits of change uh jay baker uh check us out on all the podcasting uh uh uh, platforms check us out on youtube subscribe every place listen man we 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 love to be able to give y'all great content subscribe chat share it with a friend if you think it'll be beneficial uh, we just out here trying to, man, bring a different perspective uh, mm-hmm. to about what God is calling a lot of us to do right now. And we think that a lot of us are being called to stand up and not to play the background and to say what thus saith the Lord. Um, That's my closing thought. You got anything else, Jay, before we go, big bro? Hey, that's it, man. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to hit the pause button on it and we'll be back we got two more episodes that are in the hopper this was an emergency episode we'll be coming out you know what man we we, we let us hear from you we've been we've been trying to do it every other week but man if y'all if y'all like the content y'all want to get some yes. every week let us know let us know we we willing to oblige we got a lot to talk about we got big mouths we can talk <laughs> <laughs> we can go <laughs> we can go as you can see two hours into one episode <laughs> uh, but y'all listen to Joe Rogan. He go four five hours. Come on now, man. Uh, but yeah, man, we appreciate you guys. Give us some feedback, comments, like, share, subscribe. That's that's how we keep it going. That's how we know you're out there. And uh, until next time, we'll see you when we see you. Tell me Peace. what the Bible says. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. <laughs>